And welcome back, everybody, to Season 3, Episode 5 of Top Shelf, a guide to high-quality leadership, spooky spirits, and everything in between. (laughs) Halloween edition. Is this it? Is this the Halloween edition? Halloween edition. edition. We might get one in before Halloween. Well, who knows? We've been a little bit tardy to the party. So, October 15th, 2023, we are going to be sharing uh, a couple leadership moments with you on miscommunication uh, and on training. And our cocktail du jour, a little fire starter here for you guys, the original, the one and only, the Boilermaker. Ooh, the Boilermaker. Good one. And we get right after, you get right after it. After work, rough day, pounding those nails, a Boilermaker gets things going. Yeah, yeah. Or ends things right as well. Ends things, yeah. Just like end the night with a Boilermaker and then hit the sack. Yeah, well, and some people online say... Boilermaker equals a hangover. Yeah. But but a hangover doesn't start until tomorrow. So that's right. Get after it. Get after it. <laughs> Bang those nails. That's right. <laughs> okay. Um, so our current event, um, very relevant, very scary. And uh, we have both been compromised as of late. Um, it has to do with the um, MGM ransom, the hackers, the... Issues that took place in Las Vegas in September, um, so September 11th of all days, um, I guess some hackers from um, what they, a group known as Scatter Spider, um, are responsible for the breach. And why is it so important? It's because they found the back door through the weakest link, and that's through just a couple workers or a worker that works at people at MGM or at uh, Caesars Palace in the organization and do what normally we all do and that's phone IT and go hey uh, I have a wrong password can you please reset my password yeah, yeah. Here, what are your credentials what's your nine digit employee ID number like very simple uh, really easy things to skirt around. And they got the information. Yeah. And why is it important? These are big companies. They generate a significant amount of money. But Caesar's Palace, they decided, hey, we're just going to pay the $15 million. So, I mean, they made that in probably a couple hours. Imagine being a that's small... The, the ransom. Yeah, that's yeah. the for, that's the ransom just yeah. for Caesar's. Yeah. Okay. But imagine being a small company or a smaller company. That, that's... Like you, you just don't get out of it. So you lose all of your company's data. You lose all your information. That information gets sold to somebody else, and then it's causes a problem constantly. So Caesar decided, hey, we're going to pay the ransom. MGM said, no, no, we're not going to pay the ransom. Everything's all good. A okay. September eleventh, it happened. September twentieth, they announced nothing. No, no big issues. Nothing. October fifth, they shut down. Caesar's Palace, so they couldn't access, people couldn't access their hotels, all the information. And what we've later found out that Caesar's is losing a hundred million dollars as of September due to this breach. A hundred million. So, okay, oh, so sorry. So Caesar's is the one that. Did no, sorry. MGM. 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 Yeah. 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 MGM. Okay. Sorry, because MGM okay. denied. Correct. Yeah. 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 He, 
Um, so, so that, so the ransom was pay this amount, or we're going to disrupt your entire business. business yeah. yeah, and they have access at that point to all the slot machines, to key cards, to your rooms, cards, everything. Oh, everything. Wow, wow, wow! They can incredible. shut everything down, That's and incredible. and they did, and they proved how. Yeah. And so this, you know, group scattered spider, and um, you know, there was they, you know, it is I guess believed to be responsible for the breach. And then they report it through ransomware, um, and they made, you know through a company. There's I didn't realize there's ransomware that's actually made. Yes. So Alpha or Alpha V or Black Cat is actual pre-made ransomware as a service. That's incredible. That's incredible. So yes, we have yes. a business creating ransomware. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Goes without saying. Anarchy.com. Yeah. yeah. Should, Sign up for a membership today. Should we like? They have a name for it, and so just uh, get your LinkedIn profile and uh, grab some ransomware, and let's let's go to work. Right. One right. reference check from yeah. a viable resource. Yeah, this is yeah. passport information, <laughs> and uh, got some ransomware. Yeah, that's, and, that's incredible. And, and most recently, I was hacked uh, with my credit card through Uber.com, and before I knew it, I had a six hundred dollar bill. So. They're so smart now. They're just like oh, Uber, eighteen dollars. I'm like, oh, it must have been a trip. You know, maybe I, you know, you know, you don't really think about it because you kind of use those things if you go to, on trips to hotels or whatever. Yeah, and they just start like, why do I have so many Uber trips? What's interesting is that because they they videotape every Uber trip that you take, and they have that on a central server somewhere. It'd be nice if, like, it was attached to your bill. If you could go in and say, "Oh, this trip on this date," because it's you know, it looks yeah, it's recorded. Privacy, we talked about this. Recorded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So recorded. Uh, click on the recording, and if you see somebody that it's not you, but they're using your account, then you could easily dispute that, right? Yeah, so. it's it's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I had six hundred dollars worth of Uber dot com, and I didn't think that's a real business when I looked it up. So it's you know, the the Visa company did recover. Um, but they only recover up to three months. So if yeah. I let it go longer and I j- then I just catch it, I can only go up to three months. Well, that's that's a trick, right? So like my American Express was just compromised. I went to a BC Lions game, BC Place, and that night I had used the card a couple times at a kiosk. And in the morning, I woke up. I had all these text messages saying, "Here's your verification code for um, attaching this credit card to a new device." And I'm like, well, that's weird. And then I went into my email and it's like, do you approve uh, the transaction that transpired in Atlanta, Georgia? And I'm like, no, (laughs) I wasn't in Atlanta, Georgia, nor did I buy anything online. And so somebody at BC Place, I was going to say Rogers Arena, but BC Place had some sort of technology to be able to steal my credit card information and sell it or try to use it to buy things online in Atlanta. And that happened in a span of 12 hours. Like, it's incredible. Like, yeah, do you have an RFI, RFI protected I wallet? I don't. I probably should. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are things now. I, I have one that's an RFID protected wallet. Yeah. And when, I, thought, I thought she just liked me. She touched my butt a couple times. I'm like... Touch your... Touch, touch my leg. She touched my <laughs> leg. Shoot him. And... and it's just as easy as that. I yeah, mean, that's you, you lost all your information, and now you you're being frauded. Yeah, and it's great. Like you know, you you cancel the card. They, they were good about it, and there was a 
$48 charge, which I find interesting. Like you're going to steal somebody's credit card and then just charge 50 bucks. Like that's weird. But they play slow play it. So you don't yeah, really just notice. Just to see if it actually works. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. One, one shot. If it works, then they're yeah. good. But they cancel it right away and they're like, yeah, we'll get one out to you within the next two to three business days. It's been like 10 days. I haven't seen it yet in the mail. So I'm like, uh, you got just, sent to the person that stole your card that first time. That's yeah. sent to Atlantic, <laughs> they already switched the address. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> But no, you know what? I think it's a, it's an incredible thing. So, like online cybersecurity, obviously, is a big issue, and not just personally, but for you know from a business standpoint as well. And and I think what one thing I would like to know is like why, like how does a, a, a company as large as Caesars pay the ransom instantly? Like that's part of their decision. They're like, yeah, we're gonna pay it. We don't want to disrupt business. Like, but how do you not keep paying it once you it. pay yeah. it? Like a ransom. You're gonna get the body back. It's exactly like, my thought. I just keep yeah. getting because now you're you know you're negotiating with terrorists, right? Like if, you know the old saying, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Every every that's a movie. Die yeah. hard, yeah. And yeah. whatever. Okay. But it's, as soon as you start playing ball with the terrorists, then they've got you. Then you then you are continually paying ransom. I just don't understand. So where you become... MGM said no, and then, but then they suffered the consequences. Yeah, they suffered bigger consequences. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, as just small business owners or. Uh, uh, just a person especially now with all the costs it's our diligence yeah. you know we have to be militant we have to double check our statements frequently and maybe invest you know i suggest an rfid wallet you can easily test them as well so you can put your cards in the wallet and try to scan them and they won't scan through yeah. usually it's got some kind of metallic or some kind of properties inside it that doesn't allow scanning but I mean that's where we're at. Even with a even with the cell phones, putting your credit card on a cell phone and then you unlock it, anyone can kind of RFID into it when you're doing your tap purchases as well. So. Yeah, the Google Pay, Samsung Pay. Oh yeah, it's. I wonder, do they sell? They must RFID protected, uh, like women's wallets or purses. Yeah, they probably have. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, all right, so we are going to jump into miscommunication, and I'm going to tie this in from our last episode. So last episode, I was on my way to um, to Maui to help support with the fires in Lahaina, as well as take care of some business at my property. And, you know, when I arrived in Hawaii, it was a late flight, so next morning, got up early. Went and had a coffee at our uh, my local coffee spot because we didn't have any coffee in, at the at the property, and I met a few people, and so I met an architect um, slash artist from California that moved to Hawaii twenty years early earlier. Um, he lived in a property in Lahaina and he lost it all. Oh wow! Yeah, so I sat down with him for a couple hours, and we just talked about you know what's transpiring what's happening how how quickly everything escalated within like four yeah within like four hours everything was gone like he could see the fire and then all of a sudden the fire was pretty much on top of the property i had a nice little um, house there and showed me the pictures which um, probably wasn't allowed to share them but wanted me to be able to feel kind of that pain that he was going through for sure yeah um what came across is a lot of confusion from from his perspective because there was a significant amount of lawyers involved or at an early stage. Yeah, already. The yeah, county, yeah. you know, the county was talking about 
purchasing property and purchasing their so property. So, sorry, confusion from his perspective. From his perspective, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, yeah. you have, there was four lawyers assigned to this area. Mm-hmm. There's 2,200 homes that were damaged. So you had the lawyers, four lawyers. You got the state. You got the insurance companies all bearing down all at the same time. They were having these council meetings and these meetings with the group of people that lost their homes. They they were all kind of relocated. So he got relocated, which is strange for me, but he was relocated out to Kihei from Lahaina. Many people got relocated out to Kanapali to the hotels out there, which is fantastic for helping those people. But he was out in uh, Kihei. Um, And he was staying for, he had another week left before he had to find a new place to stay. Yeah. Uh, and he really didn't know where he was going to go. And that leads to that confusion and miscommunication. Like, where are we going to be able to stay? Yeah. Yeah. What the problem for him was, is these four lawyers that were in charge of these meetings didn't provide clear direction. They're, they were just kind of selling in his from his perspective, they were selling yeah. he their services to him For and sure. the group. Yeah. Yeah. Why choose one of us? They're capitalizing yeah. on an opportunity to, yeah, to sell ex- their services. Exactly, yeah. right? So he didn't know, really know what to do. Um, he was going to be one of the focal points because he dealt with a fire in California as well for some other people okay. as part of the... Um, so he's got some experience. As part of the, yeah, as part of the firm, mm-hmm. uh, he he worked for, and so he had some ideas about how to get across to uh, the state and the lawyers about you know the impact of that fire to the property, to the people, to the community, what it meant and what the community meant to the group of people. But that was he was doing it more from the emotional standpoint. His yep. his approach, his attack was more from the emotional standpoint. For sure, he yeah. wasn't looking at it from a business standpoint, which now these people have to look at it from. Right? Yeah, he, well, he was personally affected. While these other people are looking at like a business, yeah, they're they're just trying to yeah. take or whether advantage. they're they're feeling charitable or not. It's still it's still dollars and cents to them. So yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, and so. You know, my message to them, to him and and his group were, you know, the strength is in numbers, right? So the community of the 2,200 homes times, let's say, two two people per home or three people per home, there's about 5,000 to 7,000 people displaced and and, and that are going to be in, in a situation where they're trying to recover their homes, their money, their properties. Um there's strength in numbers. Don't go it alone because another person I was speaking to, another group I was speaking to, um, an older elderly group, an elderly family, they were 80 and 85. They owned a piece of property. The, the house burned to the ground. Yeah. Within two weeks, the insurance company, I won't say their name because it's yeah. not, not right, but the insurance company already wrote them a check for $220,000. Sorry, $220, Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. They they were insured for four hundred sixty-five thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that insurance company is already wrote them a check within two weeks. Yeah. Right. These are people that are older. Yeah. They're not. There's no way they'll be able to rebuild the house at a hundred dollars per square foot. Yeah, that's right. So what are the expectations? 
right? Yeah. And so, you know, my message to them: don't don't do not cash that check. Get your entire group together of your neighborhood, That's right? And you go it together. You go at it this together with your approach with your with your legal staff and against the insurance companies. Yeah, as soon as you catch it, as soon as you catch it, you're done. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So you get two hundred thousand dollars. You're accepting. The you offer. have a piece of That's a right. piece of dirt and two hundred grand. They're in being pocket. fleeced. Yeah. Yeah. You're taking advantage of. So um, it was sad to see. And then I was speaking to another group of people, and they're less like, I don't know how to help. I don't know where to help. I don't know who to help with. And I'm like, well, my my friend's church has got a group of people. Well, I, how, how do I get involved? People had no idea how to support and how to get involved there. For sure, yeah. Well, you have to think that it's probably like how often does a does a natural disaster like that happen on a, in a small community? It doesn't happen right. often, but wow. You know, that's the job of the state. That's the job of the... For sure, yeah. Especially if the state's getting... response plans and that be part of their... And bringing the whole... All the island together to support. As opposed to just their little pocket community. That's right. So it... um, I just saw it from so many different angles. I'm trying to help people and trying to help get clean up. You weren't allowed into the area. You were only allowed into the area with uh, government uh, military access or police access. So I could, you can't physically go there to help clean up. No, you can only go help with um, the churches and all that other kind of stuff. So it's, it was just difficult to watch. uh, You know, and and I, I saw a big miscommunication even back here on the mainland where, you know, half of the camps I was talking to, they're like, you shouldn't travel there. You need to, you know, let the community heal. And they don't want any tourism, and the locals want to be able to rebuild and do everything that they need to do. And it's like, yeah, okay, well, that makes sense, right? So I can donate through Red Cross or through Oprah yeah. or whatever and and feel good about that and, and not travel there. And then you talk to another camp, and they're like, no, I know locals there, and, like, they survive off tourism. They want you to come. They want you to help. And <laughs> yeah. we want people to come to the island. And so there was a miscommunication on this end as well, whether or not people should travel there. Or not. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was. It um, I'd say that the state of Maui, the people there that live there, they don't no longer have um, sugarcane plantations there. That their number one business is tourism and tourism dollars. So they need people to go. So I talked to a lot of people, visited, and spent a lot of money at golf courses and bars and restaurants, and talked to a lot of people. They need the tourist money. Sure. They need us to keep the economy up, or they go home and then they put their hand out and ask for the the government's money to keep them going. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So we're gonna put the pin in that one. I just wanted to give an update. It was a good trip. I did a, a lot of different things. I met a lot of different people and tried to make a as much an impact and try to help as much as possible. I still am helping. Um, my friend John over there uh, with the architect and the firm um, in his um, area. And so I'll continue to help and see what outcome comes. But I, he's got a group together, which is fantastic. So That's pretty cool. And, you know, just to end on this note is that you met that person on that. That was trip, crazy. You it know, crazy. at the coffee shop. You yeah. know, it's not like you met them and they were asking, like they had a, you know, a, something like, are they reaching out for help? 
you just met them casually and now you're still connected with them and you're still helping them through that channel yeah, which I email and connected cool. with them yeah yeah very cool I was just, man. Uh, unfortunately I was eavesdropping I was just so curious he was talking about the fires and I was like that's kind of why I'm here too I'm like yeah. So I was eavesdropping, and I kind of just, hey, I heard about, you know, and we just stroke up a conversation, talked for a couple hours, and then, boom, back out to the condo. Yeah, no, very nice. Um, yeah, so what we're going to jump to next is just about training. And um, this struck a chord with me a couple weeks ago. And um, why it struck a chord with me is uh, I have a, a daughter that's taking uh, some driving ed, mm-hmm. driving education, um, to get her um, her N for her driving license. And what was weird about this training is that you pay for five or six sessions, and basically the training was, and I'm not, I'm just gonna frame it, and it got me thinking. But we know the route for the test. Mm-hmm. So we're going to train you on the route for the test to pass the route for the test. Yeah, everything you need to know about specifically to pass. Like the training t- for a math test. We know all 20 questions. These are 20 questions you, you need to memorize. Like you, you should know how to answer 100 questions, but we're going to teach you how to answer just these 15 because we know that they're going to be those on the are test. Your t- those are your test questions. Bullshit. That's bullshit. And I, I was kind of like, well... You're not being schooled or taught for the future. And you're probably not even being taught for why you do X, Y, Z. You're being taught to just get the passing grade, which, okay, so you have 95% pass rate. Okay, well, I don't know why now. But at the same time, I got to thinking about education as a whole. For sure, yeah. And when I was to going to school and, and doing taking my education, it was all about memorization. Yeah. And w- what good is memorization if I don't understand what is being taught? So if I'm not engaged and understand and I'm just going back and memorizing two paragraphs to pass a test? For sure, What yeah. is the value? Well, so I'll challenge you a little bit. So in your first example with... With your daughter, yeah, in quotation mark, quotation mark. It's about memorization as well. It's, so it's still it's, memorization. Yeah. My thought is is to add to your piece. Back in the day, it was about memorization, but it was also about the why. Why are you learning how to do these things? So, why is it important to turn your signal light on before you turn left? Instead of, well, you need to turn your signal light on because you're going to pass this test. You need to pass the test. Yeah. But no, it's because you need to signal your intentions so the driver behind you and in front of you know you're turning left, like that as an example, right? Yeah. And, and I'll give you a quick example from that I thought of right when you were talking there was when I was a kid, my dad gave me a guitar and he's like, I'm going to teach you how to pick the theme song to MASH. You know that yeah. famous... Yeah. Ma- yeah. Sure, MASH. MASH. So he taught me and I could do it. I do it at parties and people are like, oh my God. Clint knows how to play the guitar. Play something else. I knew nothing about how to play the guitar. I didn't know how to strum. Do you I know, the, know chords? the chords? I knew nothing. But I could pick mash. All right? And so that was my... that That's the, the analogy I thought of is you're going to teach somebody how to just get through a certain Just to get portion, through. Just to get through and get your license. But you know nothing about the why as to why that's important or the safety or all those other key components. And now we're going to release you. Oh, yeah. that's Into brutal. the open road. Hey, you got your in. 
You passed the test. Now I'm going to put you into the open road. Okay. Is this why there's so many bad drivers out there? Feel free. got to be why. Feel free to go nuts. I think we cracked something here. There's so many bad drivers <laughs> well, because they're being taught just to pass the test. There's so there's just so many bad drivers just in general, just because everyone's in a hurry too. And to yeah. be honest, I don't even know, think they know the why. No, no. right? They they know the very basics to pass a test, just like we all were taught how to do the basics math and basic so, social studies, and yeah. you know, we're just science. memorizing. Yeah. Well, Bonjour, comment ça va? But why? Yeah, yeah exactly. the why is behind it. Why are we it. teaching you this? Why is it important? Is there value? Yeah. And is there an end game to that, right? So. Well, and I, I tie that back to any type of training or court, like personal learning that I've done throughout my life, but also just educating uh, my staff and people that I've worked with or, or running training programs. I think it's absolutely crucial to explain the why to people. Why is this important? It's not just another box you check. It's we do this because of X, Y, Z. Or if you don't do this properly, this is what's going to happen. Well, it's the it's the why. The why is the most important. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the what and the how. Yeah, for sure. You know, why do we do what we do? I I won't personally want you know my daughter or anyone that's learning how to drive a vehicle and get their license. The why to it? Why are we turning right? Why do we double shoulder check? Why do we deep shoulder check? Oh, for bicyclists now, there's bike lanes everywhere. Why are we doing what we do to yeah. create safety and not just hey, you, you oh, there's a school zone you're going to drive through, drive slow here, and then you're going to parallel park in this one spot that's going to be right here, and you'll have two car lengths, and then and then you just keep driving. So we're going to drive this route five times. This will be the same route you drive to get your test. They're that's going to right. follow you behind you. They're going to tell you to turn left here. You're going to come to a three-way stop. You're going to turn left. Make sure you stop all the way. Like If you're memorizing that just to get the passing grade, I get it. I... You know, maybe there's three nuances to it. There's a that's a it's a huge it's flaw, a, but it's a flawed system, yeah, yeah. and I don't know how you fix it because there's only a certain amount of roads, and we're so far behind with you know. Well, and with driving, there's such a huge safety component. Like, so I used to be a crew trainer at McDonald's when I was 15 years old, right? And I would teach people how to I'm make Big Macs. But Big Mac has seven Ooh, ingredients, big Mac. right? Yeah. If you miss one of those ingredients, ah, so, you know what? Is it a Big Mac? Well, well, that's the thing. It, it's not a Big Mac, and it, and if you're serving that to someone that loves Big Macs, they're going to go, hey, where are my pickles? You keep missing the pickles, pickles? on the Big Mac, right? or yeah, you yeah. miss the onions, or you miss the Mac sauce. Oh, or you can't miss the Mac sauce. But, yeah. but you miss the bun. There's only seven ingredients there, yeah. and it's pretty easy, but but if you miss something, you're not actually giving it. You can correct it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's a dumb analogy, but it was one thing that always stuck with me. It's... It's. I used to say to the employees, I say, and if you keep forgetting the pickles, guess what? You're gonna have to go apply at Burger King because you're not fit to be an employee yeah. here. Yeah. So you, training is important. Understanding the why is important. You know, this is what we're selling, or this in, or this is why, as a driving instructor, it's important to understand why you're doing certain things because there's a safety component. I think we need to we need to get back to that. So. Yeah. Back to the why. I mean, and now you've AI. 
mm. creeping into the whole learning situation. Yeah. I have a friend's wife that's a teacher in high school and now you have to learn how to decode and understand who's cheating and who's not cheating and it's I mean, chat DPP is amazing. It's incredible. I, I use it frequently. Um, I can't imagine the kids not being smart enough to not be using it to well, write reports. We use this for the podcast. Like, this isn't even us talking right now. It's just chat GPT. That's robots. <laughs> I'm a robot. No, this is, we are in the matrix. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it. the, it's happening. So, I mean, there's a lot to unwrap. And, you know, who benefits, yeah. you know, from memorizing you know you i guess you you get your end i guess you you get your end you get your ged you pass the test but when you go out to the workforce and then you where you're driving on the highway one it's raining (laughs) oh she's yeah and 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 you are hydroplaning you have no idea what hydroplaning is oh and you'll go back to that uh that uh training school for cars and they'll be well that's a different session you know that's a that's another two hundred dollars that's another thousand dollars that's another uh, can, can we not learn defensive driving skills and then all the other skills or are we just learning just to drive to pass the tests and and that's the be all end all pass the test it's, it's going to be a lot of tough lessons you know what's going to happen yeah but the tough lessons in a car well so, someone dies the safety component yeah. yeah and but you know like let's say you're at work and, and you get chat gpt to do a powerpoint presentation for mm, yourself sounds good but then you have to deliver the powerpoint presentation presentation and your mm. client is asking you in-depth questions they're double clicking on things that you have up there and oh, you never actually create don't be a fool yourself, you're gonna get screwed you're gonna get caught at least pants. practice uh, yeah least practice. Have, well at least practice but my point is is that it's like there's always been cheating in life and the cheaters never prosper they, the cheaters they, at the never end of the day win. they get busted or it ends up serving them in a bad yeah. way there's karma there's all these things and if you're going to use ChatGPT or all these AI tools to create your business portfolio or your uh, your resume, you're going to get busted. At the yeah. end of the day, money talks, bullshit walks, whatever. whatever wow, that's, that's, you're just going right. <laughs> with money talks, bullshit walks. Yeah. We're going straight in now to the Boilermaker. Yeah, money okay. talks, bullshit yes. walks. Boilermaker, I love it. I got a little bit of a clip here. Oh, yeah, you, you're going to so. give us a little bit of that. I'm going to make the Boilermaker here like to buy you guys a round of beers just to bury the hatchet make it for a boiler <laughs> whatever you want sir i'll have the waitress bring it over immediately little dumb and dumber you know what if you haven't seen dumb and dumber then i feel sorry for you but you definitely should watch it i'm pretty sure it's available on netflix now, if we're going to talk about Boilermakers, uh, if anybody wants to know, it is a very simple drink. It is basically beer and whiskey. So you get a glass of beer and you drop an ounce of whiskey in. And depending on what part of the world you're in, they're made differently. So today, uh, my man Jason here is making us an American Boilermaker. And we're using a legend Scotch whiskey, single malts. Uh, there's a big story behind the legend. I'm not going to get into it. And we're mixing that with a with a Washington State Mount Rainier beer. It's a lager. Basically, you pour a glass of beer, you drop the shot of whiskey in, and you you don't chug it. It's not a shot. It's an actual drink. So you're going to actually 
have a few sips of it. But it kind of reminds me of a Jaeger bomb. Yeah, I'm back here. So, ooh, maybe take a sip of that because you got to, yeah, let's don't make a mess. Clint, Clint loves that. making messes. Well, it's not my so host. So. We just poured our <laughs> Rainier beer. Uh, you're going to pour about a half a glass of Rainier beer. It's just enough room so you can put the uh, drop the uh, shot of uh, whiskey, bourbon, um, or scotch in there. And you really want to work with um, more of a light beer. Um, than a heavy beer because you want the flavor of the whiskey to kind of release into the beer. Yeah, and but you know it does depend. There is a recommendation online for a Laphroaig ten year single malt Scotch chased with an IPA. Well, so, would you be wasting ten malt Scotch? Well, it's never yeah. waste. All right, so here we go. We're dropping them in. Oh, photo bombs. Oh, photo bombs. Yeah, 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 get a photo guys. Sorry, you can catch us at. Um, Top shelf one two three four five on X, which was Clint's creation for us. Or you can catch us on Top Shelf the podcast. Ooh. Here we go, dropping it in. Oh man, this is just here we I go. Feel like I'm in high school again. Oh. Not bad, actually. Wow. Yeah. That's really good. Surprisingly refreshing, but it gives you that real nice bourbon-y taste. It's, That's uh, really good. Yeah. It's cold. You got uh, the cold beer and then uh, the bourbon going in. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. You That's know, the, I will, call, I will call that the party starter. So if you're, I don't or know if I'm known doing the party finisher. Oh, the, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the finishing move in WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. we're going to hit him with a boiler maker. It's the Mortal Kombat. Um, Finish him. Right to the jugular. But uh, um, just everybody, this is our 20th episode. Uh, we are behind. We try to do um, two episodes every two weeks. Um, if I do my math correctly, there's 56, 52, and we're at 20. So we're close, but no cigar. But we're going to work We're gonna work hard to get caught back up. We're almost at our one-year anniversary. We are going to do something special for that one-year uh, anniversary. It's going to be incredible. We'll wait till you guys find out. Oh, uh, yeah. Fireworks and whistles and, uh, and special uh, guests. Special, special, special oh, guests. We do, yeah, because we do will... Um, start in season four with our uh, guests. Do you guys have you heard of a, a man named Brad Pitt? I Brad, don't know, maybe maybe you've heard of him. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's not coming on. But he's he this lives guy. In, he's in Port Moody. An extra. He's a bricklayer and from Port Moody. <laughs> That's right. Brad Pitts <laughs> with an S. That Brad Pitts Meadow. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you. Love you guys. We are back, uh, and we're working hard uh, to provide you with some awesome information. And uh, just appreciate you for listening. Uh, and once again, check us out at Top Shelf One Two Three Four Five on X, formerly Twitter, and Top Shelf the Podcast on Instagram. That's right. That's right. And I, I appreciate everybody, of course, as always. But I also appreciate you, my man, because without you, there's no us. And without us, there's no podcast. There's no me without <laughs> you. <laughs> and cheers. Have a great evening. Estravie.